I grew up going to church all my life. And if you've been in church, you know you've learned some good songs, right? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let shine. Wow. It's rough. Maybe I was in the wrong key when it started there. It's good. Father Abraham had many sons. Remember that song? You used to do the motions and you were a sweaty mess, or and that kid always that threw up after spinning around for like seven minutes singing that, right? Jesus loves me, this I know for. Remember that one? That's right. And Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, not just of Texas, right? Right? All the children of the world, they're precious in his sight, right? What about Pharaoh, Pharaoh? Oh, baby, let my, remember that one? Remember that one? That was how we learned about Moses, right? He used to love that one. That was about as charismatic as we got in the Baptist church back in the day. He was doing those motions, and uh, it was awesome. I, I learned lots of things as a kid, and I also learned this when I was a little kid, too. This little saying that went, here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the door, and there's the people. Look at all those people. As a four-year-old, I said, those are fingers. Those aren't people. But it was symbolic of a church filled with people. Seems like these days it goes like this. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. Where's the people? Today we want to continue in our series called Snow Cones, things that are refreshing for your spirit. We've been talking the last several weeks about things that we think can can rejuvenate you and refresh a worn out, weary weary soul. We're using this word snow cones as kind of a of an acronym. If you've missed any of it, you can go online and listen and look at it. And we want to encourage you to get caught up with us, but we used the S and talked about salvation. The N stood for nod yes to a move that God has for your life. The O was being others focused. The W stood for worship. The C was for confession. The O was for opening up your home. And some of you shared watermelon with some folks over the last few weeks. Last week, we looked at the letter N, and it stood for nixing, cutting something out of our lives that maybe has just gotten in the way of something that God has for us, maybe our time with him. So we want to continue filling in the blanks in this word, snow cones, we have today, and then we wrap it up next Sunday. Some of y'all going, praise Jesus. Can we get onto something else? So we're going to talk about tamales starting in uh, the middle of this. Amen. There is nothing better than a good tamale. Amen. Anybody like a tamale? Praise Jesus. Listen, it is Christmas in July. I know we eat tamales around Christmas. Amen. But if somebody needs some practice, boop, right here. I'll be glad to take one for the team. Amen. Today, I want us to look at this letter E in the word snow cones. And today, we want to talk about ecclesia. Ecclesia. Some of you are going, that's not a real word. Ah, oh, yes, it is, grasshopper. Let me share that with you. You see, ecclesia is a Greek word. And in the Greek, it stands for a called out assembly or congregation. Ecclesia is commonly translated in the New Testament as this word we know as church. Somebody say church. church. Today I want us to look at the importance of the church, the ecclesia. Now I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, you know this man up here loves you. 
And you know that the word that he's about to share is from the Lord. Listen, and I just prayed that with somebody backstage. We have intercessors that are praying back behind me right now. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's not mine. But I simply want us to look at today, if I can, the importance of this thing called the ecclesia, the church. And considering the staggering statistics on church mortality in America, I am so grateful to God that he is still has this thing called the church standing strong. So some researchers suggest that, that, that there are somewhere between 3,500 and 4,500 churches that, that close their doors each year. I think that's a low number. Uh, I think it's about 1,500 probably a month that closed their doors. And so if you just consider that, that, that moderate statistic there, that in the course of the history of this church, almost now 11 years, well over 45,000 churches have closed their doors. They have died. A few weeks ago, an online post from a major ministry struck a nerve when it stated the necessity of church attendance for your growth as a believer in Jesus Christ. So many people up in arms about that. It, 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 it's amazing, it's surprising to me how many Christians struggle with this idea of church attendance. In fact, the recent studies say that if you attend church 1.4 times a month, you are considered a regular attender. It blows my mind when I run into people around the community and say, hey, pastor, and, 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 and I just listen. I, I, I try to do my best to remember names and faces, but sometimes I just don't. And so I introduce myself and, hey, I'm Jason Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go to your church. So, really awesome. How was last Sunday? Well, I was there at the high school, and I remember back in that day, you made us take our shoes off and put them on the plow. That's great. That was like seven, eight years ago. But what about last week? Wasn't last, what about, hey, you remember that watermelon thing? Or you, well, it's been a long time. 1.4 times a month, and we're considered a regular attender. Try showing up to work 1.4 times a month and see what happens. Husbands, love your wives 1.4 times of the month. And see how long she stays with you. Can I get a holla? <laughs> it's surprising to me that whenever we talk about this thing called the church and talk about church attendance, that so many of us kind of, we just kind of cringe right now. Some of you right now are thinking, maybe we can get to the other church down the street right now. Let's just slip out. It's dark. I believe that we're at a crossroads in our nation on this very thing, the importance of going to church. And according to research, Church attendance has remained virtually the same percentage of our national population for over the last 70 years. However, what this still means to us is that there are a huge number of American Christians who are not active in a local church, in the tens of millions of people. Now, of course, this is not just a, a new problem. This is not something that the year 2017 or the has has brought to us. This has been a problem since the beginning of Christianity. In fact, the early leaders in the church had to challenge this mindset of not gathering together with other believers. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
I just can't help but think that, that these words written over 2,000 years ago, would you not agree with me that the return of the Lord is probably much nearer today than it was when these were originally written? All the more for us as the body of Christ and the church to get together to make sure that we're out living out and doing what we're called to do. Can I get an amen? The time demands that the body of Christ rise up, that we be a holy nation set apart, that we be salt and light, that we be different. You know, there's a popular Christian social media catchphrase that says this, you don't go to church, you are the church. You don't go to church, you are the church. Some of us wear that on a t-shirt, we've got it on a bumper sticker, we've got a, you know, on a door frame in our house, whatever. And, 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 and I get that sentiment in some ways. I understand that, absolutely. There is, you, if you've been with us any amount of time here at 1910 Church, you know that, that we are constantly saying that this is not the end all. This is kind of a pep rally for us today. This is kind of us kind of tooling up and refueling and getting ready so that we leave here. And for Monday through Saturday of this week, we, we live for Jesus. Amen, salt and light. Am I making that up? That's what we talk about all the time, right? You don't go to church. You are the church. Now, in some ways to me, that is an an unhealthy view because what it's doing, it's pitting being the church against going to church and it's putting the two together. Listen, if we are truly the church, then we will surely, say surely, we will surely get together with other believers regularly. Let me say that again. If we are truly the church, then we will surely get together with other believers regularly. Listen, we cannot be the church if we don't go to church. Not fully anyways. Not fully anyways. You know, when you look at this word church in the New Testament, the church, the word church never connotes a single individual lone ranger Christian just kind of going about his Christian duties without ever gathering together with other believers for worship. The church by itself, its very nature, the word church means multiple believers. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 says, for where two or three gather together as my followers, what? I am there among them. This is both the biblical and the historical pattern set for us by those first followers of Jesus. If you wanna read about how the church was started and how they operated and what their mindset was, go to the book of Acts. You're gonna find the explosion in the birth of the church. And and these people were crazy. They would get together weekly to worship God together, weekly. Not 1.4, but every week. But, But other than that, you know that they even at times, even daily, they would meet together. Anybody ever grow up going to revival? Those times where the church was open every day? There was normally some some crazy dude jacked up on Red Bull that would come and scream hellfire and brimstone at you for, for, for seven days. If you were uber spiritual, it was 10 days. And man, if it went 14 days, woo! It is fallen, amen? It's interesting, just a sidebar real quick. My mom got saved in a revival. It was supposed to be seven days, but the visiting evangelist felt like it needed to go a little bit longer. And on that 10th day, my mom said yes to Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God for pastors that are sensitive to the spirit of God. Amen, Matthew. Amen. 
These early believers, they didn't just meet together weekly for worship. They would meet in each other's homes, even on a daily basis. They would, they would share community together in each other's homes. How scandalous to open up your home and let somebody else come in and see your junk and funk, right? They did that. In fact, Paul and the other apostles' letters were actually sent to church communities. That when they would gather together in these various cities, they would read the letters of the apostles together. In fact, when you read scripture, you find about the church in Philadelphia. You don't read about the first whatever church of Philadelphia. You read about the church in Philadelphia, the church in Thessalonica, right? These communities, these entire cities together. So in essence, here's what we see when you read about the early church and when you read about church in scripture. Church means getting together with other believers to worship Jesus Christ and to hear the scriptures together and encourage one another in the faith. Are we okay so far? We are. This, make, this could be probably one of the most unpopular messages I preached, and that's okay. I'm okay if church attendance declines after this sermon today. I'm okay with that, okay? But just hear my heart as we journey together. Craig Rochelle's a pastor in, in, in Oklahoma, um, uh, has planted several satellite campuses of church throughout Oklahoma and, and, and around the country and probably global now. I love what, recently what Pastor Craig had to say, quote, do not reduce church to listening to a podcast. It's so much more than that. It's community. It's worshiping with others. It's praying with others. It's hurting with others. Anybody hurting here today? It's serving together with others. It's being involved in the lives of others, end quote. And here's the reality of the biblical call to gather with other believers. There are, listen, there are so many options for going to church for each of us, right? In fact, I'm just gonna be, be transparent and, and, and honest with you today. Not that I'm not the other Sundays, but right now, when, listen, many of you drove past some great, awesome churches in order to get here today. And thank you for that. That's, it blows me away. I'm honored. Whenever we shake your hand and say, thanks for coming, we mean that. It is an honor to have you here. Those of you that drove in I-10 from San Antonio, you passed some, some incredible churches where pastors can, can shuck the corn and preach it down. They've written books. They're global. You can go to Israel with them, right? I mean, I'll take you to Dairy Queen afterwards today if you want to, but, but you're here. Even as you make your way into our city limits from Bandera or Comfort, Kerrville, Bull Verde, Spring Branch, Lake Hill, whatever, Leon Spring, you, you, even in this city, you've driven past incredible houses of worship today. You've made it here. And here's the reality. There is a church for everyone. Now, this church may not be for everyone, but listen, there are so many varieties and sizes and flavors and, and styles. Listen, the, our goal is this, and you will hear this from us when you attend the Edge on August the 20th. We want you to find a church to connect with. There are too many out there. You need to find a place. Those of you that are watching online right now today, I know it's just because you're out of town and you can't be here right now. I get that. That's awesome. Enjoy your time away. But don't, don't make that a habit. Unless, of course, you live in Squamish, Canada or something and you're watching us there. I know it's hard to get here, but, but you need to find a place to connect. You need a home. There are too many out there. Look for a church that's right for you. 
I'm not telling you to go to a certain style or denomination or, or, or type of church. I, I'm simply challenging you together with other believers regularly to worship and hear the word of God taught. Amen? You need that. And I know that we're not for everybody here. I get that. I know that our music's too loud. And don't send me hate mail. I know. Our, listen, our music's loud for a reason. I'm crazy. I just believe that a God who gave me his very best and a Savior that went to the cross and gave me his very best is worth me turning up the noise and jumping before and singing loud about. Okay? You, you guys don't get upset with the monster truck show when they fire up those engines. Or, or what happens at Soda Pops when the old classics come in today? Fire, whoa, louder! Man, we're going to turn it up loud. I get that. We're not for everybody. And, and just a side note, at guest services, we have earplugs. We do. They're free. Take them. They're for you. Keep them. It's our prize to you. It's a gift. Thanks for coming. But we're going to sing loud. We're going to sing loud. And, uh, um, you know, I... I thought about wearing a robe when I preach in. It would help on Saturday nights determining what do I wear, what do I wear. But I don't, and I kind of dress comfortable. We wear shorts if you want to. Um, we, we, we know that uh, there's just, are you, there's so many different, find one that's right for you. Listen, I know just about every pastor in this city and in the surrounding areas. And if we can help you find a church, our heart's desire at 1910, listen to me, is that you find a place where you can connect and attend weekly, regularly. Listen, you need a place like that. And oh, by the way, they need you as well because there's something that you bring to the family, amen? Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, you got something to contribute. There is something for you to contribute. Listen, I'm going to share with you real quickly today four powerful reasons why I believe that church, weekly church attendance is, is, is important. And, and, and why church attendance, listen, it can change your life. You ready for this? Four things real quick. Number one, God said so. Drop the mic. Boop, we're done. We can go home right now. Listen, why is it important? Why should you attend church weekly? Because God said so. I've already shown you Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together, right? But listen, the Bible goes even so far to call the church, check this out, the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And, and, and so here, here's what I believe. If you love Jesus, you will love the things that he loves. Rewind that tape. If you love Jesus, you will love the things he loves, and there's no one a good man loves more than his bride. Amen? You men that have been married, you remember that day? You stood at the head of the, the, the aisle, and you looked, and you saw your bride walking down that aisle, and how beautiful she was, and you know that your allergies kicked in, and you started crying like a mess, stuff coming out of every orifice of your face, right? Because you were blown away. You loved her, and she was the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. Some of you need to return to that moment with your spouse, first of all. This is not about marriage, but we probably ought to preach a series on that. Amen? The church is this important to God, and it should be that even more important to us. Amen? God didn't call us to gather to worship in order to burden us. He called us to gather to worship in order to bless us. <laughs> And church attendance, I believe, can become one of the greatest blessings in your family's life. It ought to be a priority. I think it's one of those things. Call me crazy. 
I believe it's one of those things that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that says, seek first. <laughs> I think this is one of those first things. Amen? Amen? It's not if I have time and if the schedule, no. You need it. God said, so number two, worshiping Jesus together is pretty powerful, isn't it? Listen, I'm a good singer. I'm not going to lie to you. I want it out there. Just everybody sing. I can sing pretty good. Amen? No, here's the deal. But I'm telling you, when y'all are with me and we're all together, it is awesome. It is cacophonous. It is beautiful. It is much better than what happens in my Toyota Tundra or in the shower. It is great when we're together. Worshiping Jesus with others is a powerful phenomenon. Are you with me? Listen, Jesus lives inside of us by his spirit when we believe in him, correct? When I said yes to Jesus at the age of nine, he planted his spirit within me. There's something incredible about that truth. But there's also something biblically powerful when we gather together with other believers to worship. Remember that verse we looked at in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name? There I am also. I'm with them. So you see, he not only lives in us with his spirit, but he is in the midst of us when we gather together to worship him. Come on. You know the spirit of God is in this house right now, right? He's here. We've been singing to him. We've been praising him. Worshiping Jesus together is powerful. Hey, we need Christian community, number three. We need Christian community. All of us long for community and connection with others. And God has given us this, this gift in gathering together for church or in smaller groups in each other's homes. I mean, it, it fulfills something inside of us. Each and every one of us have this, this longing to, to connect with other people, to do life with each other, to encourage one another, to be authentically involved in it. Listen, we long for that. And when we gather like that, I'm telling you, this thing called community takes place. Listen, I'm all for live streaming, and we made a commitment to that this year. We've been live streaming. We have over 100 different sites watching us every, every Sunday. But live streaming, Christian TV, podcasts, books, and conferences, listen, those are wonderful additions to our spiritual lives. But nothing, say nothing, nothing can take the place of consistent Christian community through this thing called the local church. Can't. You need it. We need Christian community. And then fourthly, I would say this, why you should attend weekly and, and, and how church can make your life better. We, we grow more together than alone. We grow more together than alone. Now, now listen, it can be messy, can't it, when we step into each other's lives. And, 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 and you know that the church is made up of people, right? And you guys have got some junk and funk in your lives. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Listen, we're all jacked up, aren't we? And any time that a group of people gather together, listen, it's going to get messy. And, 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 and as we dive into each other's lives, listen, it, it's going to require effort and intentionality and grace from God in order for us to do life together. But listen, gathering regularly with other believers becomes, I believe, it's, it's kind of a refining process that takes place in us. We, we help each other. 
We, we, we pray with each other. At the end of our service today, we're going to pray over people that need prayer today. We want you to come and receive that. We encourage each other to, to, to want to follow Christ more regularly in our daily lives. Listen, we, we learn more. We grow more together. So don't let excuses stand in the way of you coming and being a part of a local church. You need that. I love excuses. I have heard them all. 27 years of full-time ministry. Pastor Roy, you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. And haven't you? We've heard so many excuses, right? We, we've heard, heard so many. I, I love this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, because it speaks to one of the number one things I hear from people. In, in Acts 2, 47, it says this about the early church. Each day... The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Who added to the growth of the church? Who added it? The Lord did. Who did it? The Lord did it. Who added? Who, who made that church grow in the early church? The Lord made it grow. Listen, in our culture, we tend to think that bigger is better. And we oftentimes apply that thinking to church as well. We, 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 we oftentimes, we can think that the bigger the church, the more successful it is, right? But I just want to tell you, that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. Listen, you can have a big church, yet not have a strong one. You can have a big church, yet not have a strong one. Because I believe there, there are a lot of things that people can do to draw a crowd, right? They can. So, so it isn't only about being big. It's about being strong. And, and I would add even something. It's about being biblical, it's about being biblical. But here, here's an excuse that I hear from so many people. I heard it this week in staff meeting. You guys need to know we talk about you at staff meeting. We have cameras in here that record the way y'all worship. And we look and say, hey, who's really into it? We can, tell, we can tell those of you that come from a Baptist church because you don't raise your hands. You sit there. We know those of you that come to a more liturgical church because you like to sit up, sit down, and you stand and, you know, and all that. And then we know those of you that just really don't care because you're crazy like the rest of us and you just get it. You're just going all over the joint, right? We talk about y'all. Okay, we really don't record you. Please let me say that. My wife's like, tell them you're joking. We don't record. But we do ask. And, and, and often I say, hey, have y'all, anybody seen so-and-so? I, I haven't seen them. And if I'm on the platform preach, I don't recognize you guys. I, I don't. I'm just kind of in the zone. And, and, but, but if, if, so if you come here and just kind of slip in and attend at 1910 Church, there's a great chance you're not going to be known. And that's okay. For some of you, that's what you want. You're just going to slip in, slip out like a ninja. You don't want anybody to notice you, right? You're in and you're out. But, but for those of you that want to be known and cared for, what, listen, there's a really good chance that if you serve in this church... Um, if, 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 um, what else? If you're in a life group in this church, there's a pretty good chance that we know you. And so I was asking because I've been missing some people. And I'm like, hey, has anybody seen so-and-so? And, and one of our I said, well, they're, they're not coming anymore. I said, oh, really? Why? I'm stellar. <laughs> didn't say that. I didn't say that. No one ever says the preaching here is stellar. It's always the music. <laughs> Put them up here. No, they said, hey, no, so-and-so is not coming here anymore because the church got too big for them. I'm going, what? Really? It got too big for them. Yeah, there, there are people that are critical of large churches, right? 
Do you remember what we read in Acts 2, 47? And, and who added to their number daily? The Lord did, right? But there are those who are critical of large churches. I hate mega churches, they say. Or you go in there and, oh man, the parking lot. Have you, I had to wait on Sister Dale to pull into that church. Ah, they, need more, they need more entrances. We'll make more entrances if you give more money. Amen, we'll do that. We, we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can around here. Did I say that right, Howard? Okay. Got to wait for parking. But hey, seriously, th think about that for a moment with me. Th th that's like saying this. There, there are two restaurants that we can choose from today to go have lunch at after this gathering. Now, now in one restaurant, there is a line out the door and wraps all the way around the block. In the other restaurant that we can choose from, there, there's, there's no one in there except the employees themselves. Which restaurant do y'all think we ought to go to? Come on, somebody, right? Did, did you ever stop to think that maybe there's a reason that some of those restaurants are empty? Maybe the food in the other place is just better than that place with no customers. Maybe sometimes in a larger church, a lot of people, maybe it means that they're getting something out of it. Maybe somebody just getting fed, amen? So don't get upset because... Oh, the Lord added to their growth. The Lord brought it. I'm not good enough to bring people in. But I'm telling you, when the Spirit of the Lord is alive and active and changing people's lives, do you not want to be in that type of place? Amen? And I'm praying that for every house. I pray that every church in Burning be burst. We need building programs at every church in this community. We do. Because we just can't contain them. Because people are coming face to face with Jesus. And they're growing. They're hungry and they're being fed. Woo! You know, my objective has never been to have a large church. It's always been to have a biblical church and a strong church. That's been my goal from day one. We, we have always felt here at 1910 that we should leave the growth up to God. We have. We have. But we want the church to grow. Now listen, not every church will be a large church, but I believe that every church should be a growing church. See, the objective of the church is to be faithful because that's what God's called us to be. You know, on that final day, Jesus is not going to say, well done, good and successful servant. By the way, how many numbers were you running? He's not going to say that. He's going to say, hey, Jason... Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, listen, I know some of you real quick today, you're thinking this is your first time here at 1910, or for some of you, you're kind of just checking us out, and we're great with that. But there, there are times in which I know that sometimes people leave churches. They do, and they go to another church. And I know that there are some various reasons for that. Um, and I know that, that, that there are some circumstances and times in which you need to leave the church. There's a right reason to leave a church. Maybe if the church leadership has proven uh, themselves unqualified for ministry, uh, maybe they're preaching a false gospel, uh, maybe they've surrendered to the culture. Listen, I believe that there are some valid reasons to leaving a church, but, but here's what I have found. M more often than not, we leave churches for what, 
what we might consider discretionary reasons. We don't need to leave, um, but we choose to leave. And, and, and we typically do this when we feel weary of the people, when we feel like they're not interested in us anymore, when maybe relationships feel, feel cool rather than warm, when we feel like maybe we just need a, a, a fresh start. I, I'm just wondering if maybe you're at that place right now where, you, where you're thinking about leaving the church. And, and before you do, can I just have you consider three questions this morning before you leave the church now, listen, I know that maybe you moved here today and you're moving here from, um, uh, I met a gentleman that moved here from Kentucky a while ago. And, and it's hard for him to commute from Bernie back to his church in Kentucky. I get that. But, but, but for some of you, you you're, you're maybe leaving a local church around here. And, uh, and, and by the way, we, we have a document here at 1910 Church called the Principle of Leaving. We believe that there's a right way to leave a church. We believe there's a wrong way to leave as well. So if you're interested in that, listen, our goal is to help you find a church to stay connected and grow. You need it, and again, they need you. Are you with me? Is that fair? But listen, before you consider leaving a church, I want to I give you three things, questions, and I want you just to, to, to you do with this what you want to. Here, here, here would be my first question before you leave a church. Have you been praying for the people of this church? Your, your, your love for others grows in direct proportion to your prayer for them. And, and, and as you pray for people, you, you find that you love them. Listen, in Scripture, Scripture tells us we are called to pray for our enemies, aren't we? In hopes that they will become brothers and sisters. We're, we're called to pray for, for strangers. How much more then do you think that we're to pray for fellow Christians and believers in our church? Are, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Have you prayed for people in this church. You see, when we don't pray for people in our church, we, we might soon find our love for them cooling off. We, 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 we might really become you know, discontent with, with what's happening around there. Hey, listen, I encourage you to take a period of time to pray for the people in your church. Pray for them specifically by name and see what God does in your heart. Second question I would say before you leave a church is not only have you prayed for the people of this church, but, but have you been serving the people of this church? Have you been serving the people of this church? Listen, your love for others grows hand in hand in your service towards them. As you, as you do love, as you demonstrate love towards people, you're going to naturally feel love towards others too. Here's the problem with churches today. Too many Christians prefer to be served rather than serving others. And, and let me just remind you of, of, of what, what Christ says in it's said in Mark, right? We, we, we are called first to, to serve people rather than be served. And, 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 and for some of us, if we're not careful, we, we can just slip in and, and, and then expect everyone up here to do it for you. And, and I'm just telling you, that that's not going to give you a reason to stick or stay at any church. Because there's, there's an incredible phenomenon that happens whenever we, we lay aside us and we begin to consider others better than ourselves, and we begin to serve them. Are you with me today? So are, have you prayed for the people of this church? Have you been serving the people of this church? And then the third question I would say is this. Have you been with the people of this church? Have you been there on Sunday mornings? And, and if you have, have you been all in? Listen, I know that there are many of you that just kind of slip in on a Sunday and you slip out. You're, you're like a ninja 
churchgoer. You, you, you're in and you're out under the stealth of darkness and no one can. You're, you just come in. And listen, we're honored and we're thankful that you're here. But I'm telling you, the 70 minutes that I've had with you this morning, it's not going to be enough for you. It's not going to do it for you. So when I say, have you been with the people of the church? Have you been all in when you come? Have you been looking for people to speak to today? Have you looked for someone new to meet and get to know? Have you helped us brew coffee? Are you willing to stack a chair? Hey, listen, do do you take advantage of the Sunday evening experiences and studies that we offer here? Have you been a part of midweek services? Hey, your, your students, do your students come to the Hill on Wednesday nights here at 1910? Or or are you letting them just kind of choose to do their own thing? That's cool, but I'm telling you, that's not best. Um, Have you taken care of, uh, taken advantage of of the prayer opportunities? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Listen, have you been all in here? Have you been all in with the people? Listen, if everyone else is, 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 is in the church, is, if they're there three times a week and while you're just parachuting in for a quick Sunday morning, 70-minute experience, listen, you, you will feel like an outsider here at 1910 Church. And you'll feel like one at whatever church you go to is where you're t- Listen, there's more to it than just slipping in for that 70-minute worship experience, okay? You need to embrace the whole life of the church, not just the one main gathering. The whole life of the church. So before you leave, have I been praying for the people of this church? Have I been serving the people of this church? And have I really been with the people of this church? I would encourage you to to ask yourself those questions before you consider leaving any, any church. Are you with me today? Listen, I have up here on the platform today a trash can. It's old. It's beat up. It's nasty. This was the trash can that was in my room as a high school kid growing up. Isn't that awesome? Don't laugh. I know you got some old stuff in your house too, don't you? I'm hoping that American Pickers comes by and wants something like this one day, you know? <laughs> Offer me 500 bucks for it. This trash can was a trash can in my, it serves as kind of an Ebenezer to me. Um, and this trash can is filled with college letters, opportunities of people that recruited me as an athlete in college to play football or baseball. I could have chosen just about anywhere I wanted to go to play. Um, and, and, and they're in this trash can for a reason, and, and, and they serve to me as kind of an Ebenezer, and it's this. I'm so thankful that I grew up in a home where my mom and dad had a high view of this thing called the church. Now, they were all for me participating and being involved in athletics. They knew that hopefully one day I could get a college scholarship, of which I did, and got a free education. But we knew that this was not of what's the most importance for Jason Brown. And I want to say right now that I'm thankful for a mom and dad that knew that this was not what life is all about. But they knew that the things that I would learn about Jesus loves me, this I know, that Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people, that those things were going to be so important to him when he's 46 years old like I am today. That those things that, that he would learn and be instructed and hear about Jesus and the things that the church 
would far outweigh TCU or Rice, Arizona State, Hardin-Simmons, Pomona Pitzer. Where the heck is Pomona Pitzer? You know? It's in California, I think. But I'm so thankful that a mom and dad knew that long after my playing days were over, if he somehow still loved the things that God loves, that ultimately is what's going to make him a better man. Mom and dad, thank you. Thank you for modeling for us. Thank you that it was not an option. Thank you, mom and dad, that, that, that kids camp and youth group on Wednesday night were not an option for us. Did I always like it? Did I always want to go? No, but your kids don't always like you either, do they? By the way, we're not called to be our kids' friends. We're called to be their parent. And I'm thankful that a mom and dad knew what I needed. And they didn't listen to a 14-year-old tell them what we needed. Or 15 or 16 or 18. And I know that you guys were probably different than I am, but I didn't want to go sometimes. But I went. Thank you. There's something special about the church. It's because of the church that I am where I am today. And I love it. You know, there's something else special about the church today that we want to participate in before we leave here, and it's called communion. There's something special that when the church gathers and when we gather around this table, it's known as the Lord's table. Some call it the holy table. This is known as the holy Eucharist, communion, the Lord's supper. You see, the early church gathered together and they would remember as they came to the table, they would remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for them. On this table today, that we have some elements listed uh, uh, available for you today that, that are symbolic of, of what Jesus went through on the cross. We have bread that has already been broken, and, 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 and the broken bread at the communion table today is symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken on our behalf. And we have chalices of grape juice or wine, and, and we take that bread and we dip it in one of these chalices and we eat because it reminds us of the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus. And Jesus gave his followers some words and he gave words to this thing called the church as well. He says that whenever you guys come to the table, whenever you eat of this meal, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember how much I love you. I want you to remember the sacrifice on the cross. I want you to remember me. And so today we wanna to invite you to the table. This is the Lord's table. It's not ours. This table is available to everyone who is called upon the name of the Lord and are saved. It's the Lord's table. And I want to invite you as we come to the table today to remember the sacrifice of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. But I also want to invite you to just maybe reevaluate your love not only for Him, but your love for the things that He loves. And maybe this thing called the church and maybe today might be a time for you to make a fresh commitment, a recommitment to your involvement, to being involved in helping us advance the kingdom of God. Listen, this church needs you just as much as you need this church. So today I want to invite you to stand and we're going to pray and, and, and then we're going to come to the table. Now let me just kind of give you some direction. We have a table in front of each section. So the side sections, I'm going to ask you to exit your row, go towards the wall to exit the row. 
and then come to the table and make your way back down the center, the center aisle. If you're in the center section, I wanna ask you guys to exit your row this direction, come to the table this way and then back down this aisle to your seat. Let's remember. Father, thank you today for the reminder that you love us. Lord, you love this thing called the local church. Father, it is the vehicle that you're gonna use to make your name famous. It is the vehicle that you're gonna use to to give boys and girls, men and women, an opportunity to come face to face with who Jesus is. Lord, the calling on this house is great. And Lord, I pray that just as we are committed to you and following you and being who you've called us to be, God, I pray that we also would be committed to this bride of Christ. And Lord, we come to the table and we remember the sacrifice you made for us in Jesus' name. The table is open. You come as the Spirit leads.